Good afternoon and welcome to Treasures of the Heart. This is Pastor Luann, and I am so glad to be with you. And as we go into this new month of October, we are still in this amazing, wonderful fall series steady on the book of Revelation. And today we are starting a new scene when we get into Revelation chapter 4. So I want you to understand that. Um, you know, we finished chapter 3, and those first three chapters that John wrote about, Jesus came in his post-resurrection body, came to visit John on earth, and just shared with him what he wanted him to write to the seven churches. And now, if you really pay attention and you look in the book of Revelation, you will see that, that as we get into Revelation 4, John now is being called to come up where Jesus is. And he is going to, Jesus is going to show him what is yet to come in the future. And from like chapter 4, even going into all the way to like 19, you're not going to hear about the church anymore right now. So now you're going to hear about future events and what things look like or how they will appear to be. So we're going to read through the book of Revelation chapter 4 first. Then in our closing moments, I'm going to give you some of the takeaways. We're going to unpack a little bit of this book of Revelation. So have your Bibles, if you're able, with you. Let's read together chapter 4. Read it out loud by yourself while you're there. There's blessings for you when you read out loud and obey what you find in this book. So here we go. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet, speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardis in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. And around the throne were 24 thrones. And upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. And from the throne proceed flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal, and in the center and around the throne, four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. And the first creature was like a lion, and the second creature like a calf, and the third creature had a face like that of a man, and the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them, having six wings, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is 
and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy art thou, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou didst create all things, and because of thy will they existed and were created. So that, my friends, is chapter 4 of the book of Revelation. Now, I want you to understand that, you know, the Bible has 66 books, but it's it's one whole book that leads us to an end. There's a beginning, there is an end. And John is not the only one in the Bible who has had visions of the heavens or, or Almighty God with the throne and what is going on. So let me just read to you before we look at and unpack chapter 4 of Revelation. Let me read to you Isaiah 6, the major prophet, Old Testament, who truly, we know, had prophecies of the Lord's birth. And so listen, though, to what Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted with the train of his robe, filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is forgiven. So, you know, this is also a vision that Isaiah had. And there's so many things that confirm what John was also seeing, the magnificence and wonder of of the throne of God and what is around the throne of God. And so, you know, when we have this Revelation 4 through 19, this section of these chapters, it's really concerning the judgment of God that's coming upon the earth. Now, remember, in chapters 1 through 3, Jesus talked to, through John, the seven churches, which represent all churches. And this was, judgment comes to the household of God first. So Jesus was saying the things that he was judging them on. Remember, I know your deeds, he said, and listen to what the Spirit's saying to the church. So Jesus was saying, pay attention. You need now to get your church, your relationship with God, with me, right before these things start to take place. So I am telling you now, this is what I'm seeing. You've lost your first love. 
you know, you don't like this, but you're not doing that. There's things that you should be strengthening and they're dying. So, you know, Jesus is giving them a warning ahead of time. And he's saying, look, there's things that's going to be coming and you need to be ready for them and right because judgment is coming. It's This is on the church and is coming upon the world. And so that's what we see here in these, these chapters 4 through 19. And then we have, of course, a few more chapters in Revelation that we want to talk about toward the end of our time. So the takeaway is, is again, the word church really does not occur in the chapters describing this period of judgment on the earth. Nowhere that we see that in Revelations chapter 4 through, through 19. Now, I've, I've quoted Spurgeon before, wonderful, um, you know, preacher, author, years and years ago. But listen to what he says about one of these verses. Oh, child of God, the heavenly Father in his sovereignty has a right to do with you, his child, as he pleases, but he will never let that sovereignty get out of the limit of covenant. As a sovereign, he might cast you away, but he has promised that he never will, and never will he. As a sovereign, he might leave you to perish, but he has said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. As a sovereign, he might suffer you to be tempted beyond your strength, but he has promised that no temptation shall happen to you, but such as is common to man, and he will with the temptation make a way of escape. So believers, you know, we we want to be sure that we are right with the Lord, but we should not fear that because even if, you know, at the end of chapter three, and we're not here in chapter four, does that maybe allude to when we are caught up in the air with him, when he said that I will not have any of this testing, you won't have to walk through it. Is that what he was saying to the church that's right with him? So, you know, we've got a lot of things to unpack. So let's keep going. And so it talked about that lightning and thunder that was around the throne. And it just reminded me of God's fearful presence when he came down at Mount Sinai when Moses was there. You can read about it in Exodus 19 and 20. And, but for me, the heavens respond like in their own thundering praise. There were lightnings and, you know, thunder that was going on even there on Mount Sinai. And it, it frightened, you know, right, the people. Uh, but it was God's presence. So why should we think any differently that around the throne that these same things would not be going on? Magnificent, mysterious, things that our physical eyes have never seen. But we will by God's grace, when we get called to go home and be with the Lord, right? So, and, and you know, even when we think about how creation is responding, even in heaven, and, you know, I thought about Jesus when he rode into Jerusalem, you know, the soldiers said, Jesus, you know, silence the shouts of the people. And Jesus said, if they don't praise me, the very rocks will cry out, you know? And so we also know that there's that sea, they said, that was like crystal, like glass, that was in front of the throne. And, you know, there's different thoughts about that. You know, there's those that maybe said, well, maybe this represents the, the word of God. The word is always before us. Jesus is the word. And we are cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. So some were saying maybe this is what that represents. Maybe that's what that symbolic of that the word of God is always before him. And it's pure and it's holy and it's truth. You know, so others, though, kind of saw it as maybe a representing, like in the days when they had the tabernacle, there was a, a laver, uh, it was a washstand, if you will, um, and the Jewish priests were commanded to continually wash their hands 
And so that was a purification, you know, right, or with the sacrificing of animals, and there still had to be that cleansing and that washing the priests had to go through to enter into the holy presence of God. You know, and so there's different things, but what I do know is it has to be beautiful. It has to be just this crystal clear that's before the throne. I mean, Jesus walked on water, so, you know, anything, anything is possible, right, in heaven. And of course, we know that the creatures, if you read in that book of Ezekiel and look in chapter one, I mean, look at these these chapters and read these other places where you'll read about creatures and what they looked like. And so John is really seeing some of the same similar things at the Old Testament prophets who had visions and had been taken up, you know, saw as well. So, you know, there are also talking about those elders that were before the Lord, the 24 elders. And then when they began to worship him, you know, they laid down their crowns. Well, we know that angels will not receive crowns because they're not received. I mean, they're not redeemed by the lamb. And so, you know, we will receive that, those crowns. They are crowns of victory and we'll receive that crown of victory, right? Because we have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And we will lay and apparently be able to lay down our crowns of victory at his feet because we know that any victory that we've ever, ever had comes from the Lord. Amen and amen. You know, so in these kind of closing comments, you know, I, I want you to look at uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 18. Listen to what Paul says, because he said, we don't want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep so that you'll not grieve as the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And that's what I want to do by reading this and helping you to understand what is yet to come that you will know. You'll know what to look for. You'll be look with anticipation and great anticipation when you begin to see what heaven is like and how the lamb is beyond uh, ex explanation. I mean, described with such majesty and glory. You know, the angels are worshiping. The creatures are worshiping. That's what John is seeing you know, that this is all a place where we will come and worship together with the holiness of God on our tongues and in our lips and in our mouth, on our face before the Lord, casting the crowns of victory to our God. Now join me next week for chapter five, because it's going to just keep getting amazing and more descriptive as we go along. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. This is Pastor Luann with Treasures of the Heart.